Well, hello there, top teachers. Today, I am your solo host, Michelle Emerson, and I'm here to help you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Since I am solo hosting, you already know what that means. This is a week in the life episode, but it's going to be a little bit different than the week in the life episodes we have done in the past because Bridget and I had this idea <laughs> for the month of January. We are doing a book review on getting things done, the art of stress-free productivity by David Allen. If you listened to episode 158, we already discussed this, but Bridget and I are each going to record a week in the life episode as we read the book so that in real time we can share how we're using the strategies and what our thoughts are. And then we will end up doing a full book review episode that will be coming up as episode 161. Now, typically when I sit down to record these little week in the life segments, I have a bulleted list of things to discuss, but I am 100% winging it right now because Bridget and I actually just got off our Sunday call. We had to record our Secret Santa gift exchange <laughs> podcast. So I'm actually recording this toward the beginning of December, but I figured I would just jump in and go ahead and start the week in the life right now because my book arrived this past week and it's a good time for me to be productive because I've got a lot on my plate right now. We'll discuss that throughout the week. Looking at the book, I figured if I'm planning to read this in a week, I need to figure out what is the total number of pages and then what does that mean for each day? Like how many pages do I need to read? So it looks like the book is roughly 300 pages. So 301 to be exact, <laughs> not including the appendix. If I divide that by seven days, we're looking at around 42, 43 pages a day. Obviously, I'm not going to read 42 and then just stop there. I will kind of divvy it up by chapters and whatnot. How many chapters is it? Hold on. Let me find. Okay. It's 15 chapters plus the conclusion. So around two chapters a day, but some days maybe a little bit more. We're just going to see how the week goes, but that at least gives me an idea. Thankfully today, I should have a fair amount of time to read because Billy has a lot of work to do. <laughs> right now, he is still working on his campaign. He has been doing finance for one of the candidates running for Austin mayor, and that election actually went to a runoff. So he is still working, and this is like his crunch time. We're like a week and a half out from the new election, and he is very busy. So because he has a lot to get done today, that gives me a little bit of time to read. But other than reading, if I look at my power list for today, first of all, <laughs> I need to check off training from yesterday. I have training as a recurring task on my calendar. So training just refers to me going to the gym and doing my training sessions. But I train Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. And I have that set as a recurring task on my power list. So on that day, it will pop up. But I forgot to check it off yesterday. So it was still there. But once I check that off, I have grocery shopping, which I can also check off because I was proactive and got the grocery shopping done yesterday. I kind of knew that today I wanted to be able just to like stay home. You know those days where you're like, I don't want to go out into the world. <laughs> I just want to be home. So grocery shopping is already done. I do need to go get my training in for today. Um, record and edit Secret Santa podcast episode. That is now done. And then plan January episodes. Bridget and I did that as well. So at this point, I mean, it's not even 10 a.m. yet, but I've already 
done my power list besides going to the gym. So that gives me a very open day to get some reading done. I will check back in with you tonight and let you know my thoughts as I start the book, which once again, if you want to go grab your own copy so that you can join along, it is called Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity by David Allen. We will have it linked for you in the show notes, but I will catch up with you in the PM. It is now Sunday night and I just want it to be known that I spent 20 minutes recording this and then realized I rambled on way too long and needed to be more efficient. So let's try this again. (laughs) Today was interesting because I had stomach pains all day, which is not typical for me. I get a lot of headaches, but not usually a lot of stomach aches. And it just goes to show you life is unpredictable and you just have to shift and pivot and adapt. So that's what we did. After I finished checking in with you this morning, Billy and I went to the gym. I spent some time cleaning my office because it was a hot mess after opening all those secret Santa gifts this morning. I went for a walk, hoping it would help my stomach. It did not. So I decided to settle into bed and read, which made me realize I will need to develop a new habit for this week to start reading and have a time block dedicated to reading. I know myself and I cannot have that time block be at night because I will not stick to it. When I get in bed, I just want to eat my snacks, watch Netflix and go to bed. So my thought is starting tomorrow morning, Billy and I always drink coffee together and then he leaves for work. And I'm going to sit at the kitchen table and read while I finish drinking my coffee. But today I read in bed with the Netflix fireplace video going on the TV and Ember was in my lap. And honestly, that's just what I needed today with my stomach hurting. But when I read books, at least nonfiction books, I am a highlighter and a writer. I highlight and I write in the margins. And originally I was going through what I read today and trying to like read through the things I highlighted and it was just awful. So I made some notes. Today I read the foreword, the introduction, the welcome, And chapter one, which I don't know how many pages that is because the only pages that were numbered was chapter one. So it's fine. We'll just adapt as the week goes on if I feel like I'm falling behind. But the foreword was written by a gentleman named James Fallows, and I don't really know who he is, but it does say that he, hold on, let me go back to it. He is a national correspondent for The Atlantic Magazine and author of 10 books. So take that for what you will. But he highlighted what makes this book different. And one of the things he mentioned was its overall practicality and how the approaches are incremental and forgiving of error, which means they're more likely to pay off in the long run. And how this book was written with an understanding that life happens in cycles. And Bridget and I preach about this all the time. You go through these seasons of life and you have these highs and lows and we're all going through that. So that did make me feel hopeful going into the book. Next was the introduction. And this was specific to the revised edition because that's the one that I'm reading. And David Allen talks about the rise of technology, but how paper is still important. And I thought that was ironic because I am reading a physical book. I cannot do audiobooks. My mind wanders, but I love having a physical book. He then goes on to talk about how the book isn't about getting more done, but rather 
achieving, these are his exact words, achieving appropriate engagement with your world and how you have to make the best choices in the moment, eliminate distractions and the stress that you feel about the things you're not doing. And once again, I just kind of liked that framing that it's not always about doing more, it's about doing the right things and making the right decisions. He does mention a book on habits specifically. It's called The Power of Habit. So note to self or note to my future self and Bridget's future self, maybe we can do a book review on that. The next section was the welcome. So it's just welcome to getting things done. And in this section, he really stresses the importance of taking action as you read. So not just reading it, but then doing something with the information, which is ironic because each month I choose a focus. And this is why we have that as part of the monthly planning pages in our digital planners. My December focus is to consume less and create more. I've noticed myself falling into this cycle of consuming a lot of content, whether that's on social media, videos, books, etc., but then not using the inspiration or the ideas that the content sparks to actually creating a bleh, words to actually create anything. So that is my goal for this month. And with that, I, you know, want to read the book and actually put these strategies into practice. He also mentions how he is a fellow student and isn't perfect and how he has to kind of remind himself of these strategies. And that's what Bridget and I preach all the time. Like we fall off the horse as well and have to get back on. It's fine. We're all human. (laughs) So the book itself is broken up into three parts. Part one is titled The Art of Getting Things Done. And chapter one, which I read today, is a new practice for a new reality. And he basically the overarching theme of the chapter is you need to capture what needs to get done and then decide on next actions. He starts by identifying the main problem, which he he summarizes as new demands, insufficient resources, which if that is not teaching in a summarized fashion, I don't know what is because as teachers, we constantly have new demands being placed on us, new responsibilities, And we have insufficient resources, not only physical resources, but also our time and energy. And he highlights how this problem comes from our work no longer having clear boundaries and a lot of our projects don't have edges. And we constantly feel like, well, it can be better. We can do more. And I know as teachers, we always feel like that with our lesson plans, but that ends up just creating more work for ourselves. He also highlighted how Our jobs and lives keep changing and they're changing at a much faster pace than they have in the past. So basically these issues and this feeling of overwhelm and the stress isn't really your fault. Like it's more so just the epitome of society in general right now. But he did talk about how we have these internal commitments. So those things that we want to get done And he talks about open loops, which basically those are the things that we keep repeating in our head where it's like, oh, I need to get the present for that person. Oh, I need to make that appointment. And they're always pulling at our attention. So we need to collect those ideas. We need to decide what we have to do and then keep reminders in a system that you review regularly, which Bridget and I really preach having to-do lists and having a future to-do list. So all the things that you're going to get to at some point, a things to do this week list, which obviously are the tasks you plan on getting done that week, and then your power list, 
which are the items you plan on doing that day. Personally, I collect all of mine in Google Tasks, and I'm interested to see as I keep reading if that works with what he's kind of suggesting or if I'll need to make some changes. Um, But he did outline this little exercise, and I wanted to do it with you in real time. So he says, I suggest that you write down the project or situation that is most on your mind at this moment. So for me right now, (laughs) that would be a full day professional development that I am administering (laughs) to a district in January. He then says, now describe in a single written sentence your intended successful outcome for this problem or situation. And he says, in other words, what would need to happen for you to check this project off as done? So for me, that means successfully completing the day of PD and ultimately having the teachers walk away with strategies they can apply as soon as they get back to their classroom. Then he says, now write down the very next physical action required to move the situation forward. So I've already spent a little bit of time kind of outlining my sessions and I've even ordered some materials, but I think the next step is starting the slides for them. So I'm sure I will talk more on that as the week goes on. Then he talks about how you have to manage the actions you're going to take. And he mentions breaking down projects, which Bridget and I talk about all the time, and how a lot of people think they lack time, but in reality, they lack clarity. And I remember Bridget mentioning this before, that she had kind of taken that idea from this book. And he discusses how you have to define what done means. So what is the outcome you are looking for? And then you have to define what doing looks like. So what are the actions that you need to take? And then ultimately, you need to get those out of your head because your short-term memory functions like RAM on a computer and you only have so much room. And basically, your mind is going to keep reminding you of things, especially during times when you can't do anything about them. So for me, I think about when I lie in bed at night and I circulate through my head all the things I have to do. And ultimately, it's just not productive. So it's going to get into more strategies for dealing with that as the book goes on. But basically, after I finished reading, I said, "Okay, you need to take action on this, right? We talked about creating more and consuming less. So... As soon as I finished reading, I then went downstairs, got on my computer, and one little thing that was kind of stressing me out was a video that I'm filming tomorrow. I'm doing like a rap and chat video, and I did not know what all I, what all I was going to talk about while I film it, like the chat part. <laughs> so I started kind of creating a bulleted list, outlined things to talk about, And because I got into that workflow, I then went on to make an Instagram post, which I know sounds really lame, but it was a informational step-by-step sequence. So it was like seven different images I had to create. And I just left feeling, left as in, you know, got off my couch (laughs) feeling so much better because I felt more at ease going into tomorrow. And then I felt like I got, you know, things done things done. That is so lame because that's literally the book is called Getting Things Done. All right, I'm done for the night. I will check in with you tomorrow morning. It's 2023 and one of our favorite ways to kick off a new year is looking into the future. Now, thankfully, you don't need a crystal ball to do that. Yeah, because we can't help you with that. 
But we do have digital planners that are perfect for planning ahead and setting goals. Our 2023 digital teacher planners have pages designed to help you plan each quarter, as well as monthly calendars and weekly planning pages that will keep you on track all year long. Head over to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store to grab your digital planner today so that you can join us in setting goals and getting things done this month because that is what January is all about. Plus, our planners will help you tackle any projects you have on the horizon, whether it's this month or later this year. And we both have realized how important project planning is for our overall productivity. A digital planner truly is a one-stop shop for all your organizational and productivity needs. So go grab one today at teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store, and let's get back to the episode. It is now Monday morning, and I realized these morning check-ins are going to be very short because... The whole focus is what I'm taking away from the book, and I haven't read it yet for today, but speaking of which, reading and then recording these Week in the Life segments is going to be on my power list all week, so I'm not going to repeat it every single morning, but other than that, today... I need to record my wrap and chat video for YouTube where I basically wrap presents, just kind of chit chat. Good news is I'm recording a video and technically wrapping presents at the same time. So that right there is true multitasking (laughs) and not task switching. I also need to mail my Christmas cards, which should be delivered today. I ordered them from Shutterfly. And that had me curious. I feel like a lot of items on my to-do list are things that... I'm waiting on something else to happen before I can do them. And I'm curious if the book is going to get into that at all. I don't know. We shall see. But other than that, my goal today is to finish part. Oh my goodness. What just happened to my voice? Okay, we're going to wrap this up. (laughs) Finish part one of the book. So that would be reading chapters two and three. But I will check in with you again this evening and let you know how it went. It is Monday evening, and I hope you're ready for some transparency because I did not do two things I said I was going to do today. Let's get into it. Starting with this morning, (laughs) I mentioned that, you know, I wanted to start a new habit of reading as soon as Billy leaves for work. Well, today his schedule was a little bit different, and he left about an hour and 15 minutes later than he typically does. And that just threw off my whole day because I was planning on recording and I had to get ready and I kind of have a certain window for time to record in terms of the lighting and all that. So we're off to a great start with building that habit. I mean, ultimately I could have stuck to it. I just felt like today was an off day. So we're going to try again tomorrow. It's fine. Everything's fine. But I did get my recording done, which means I also got my wrapping done. But I will say it took longer than I expected. And that got me thinking, I'm curious if this book is going to get into that at all. Like, what do you do when tasks or things you have to get done take longer than you anticipated? We shall see. But I didn't end up eating lunch until almost three o'clock. And 
that was just due to the wrapping presents. I almost didn't even eat at three o'clock. I almost forced myself to work on Christmas cards before I ate lunch, but I had to remind myself what the book talked about. Getting more done isn't always about doing more, more, more. It's about finding that appropriate engagement in your world. And to me, it's that whole idea of balance. And I realized Michelle was hungry. Michelle needed to eat lunch. It was in everyone's best interest. So took a break, ate lunch, and I worked on the Christmas cards after I got those stuffed and sealed and not delivered, but I got them in the mailbox. So that's good. Then I wanted to go for a walk because I love to go for a walk every day. It's a way that I prioritize not only my physical health, but also my mental health. And it was starting to get dark. So I had to get that done. When I came back, Billy was home from work and a debate was going on on TV with his candidate and another candidate. So of course, Billy wanted to watch that. And I figured that was the perfect time for me to sit on the couch and just get caught up on emails, get caught up on comments on YouTube. So all was well. I did not start actually reading today until about 7 p.m. So (laughs) with that being said, I read from seven o'clock to eight o'clock, which is when Billy was cooking dinner. And I only got one chapter read. I read chapter two. I did not read chapter three. And part of me thought about staying up extra late tonight to get that extra chapter read. And I realized, no, like I, I felt like I was going to disappoint you, like you listening to this, if I didn't follow through with what I said. But I realized none of us are perfect. And at the end of the day, I got a lot accomplished today. It's just my eyes were bigger than (laughs) my watch, I guess. Like I didn't have time to do all the things I wanted to and it's fine. So let's talk about chapter two because I did read that. It was titled Getting Control of Your Life, The Five Steps of Mastering Your Workflow. And he summarizes the five steps in this way. We, one, capture what has our attention. Two, clarify what each item means and what to do about it. Three, organize the results, which presents the options we, four, reflect on when we then choose to, five, engage with. So I'm going to break down and go through each of those and kind of my takeaways. So for capturing, he just mentions how you have to get every little thing, big or small, down somewhere. And even if you're not capturing it physically, it is taking up mental space. So it is still being captured. And so you're best to kind of have everything in one place, but it has to be part of your lifestyle and it has to be kept close so that when those thoughts come up, you can add it to your list. And for me, that's why I love using Google Tasks because I am almost always by my computer or by my phone and I can add to Google Tasks in either of those locations. He then mentions how you need to minimize capture locations. And, you know, this made me think about how in the classroom, it's like you might have a bin for papers to grade, a bin of papers to pass back, a bin of papers that have been turned into you and papers that you need to file and all of these different places. And while I think it's okay to have those, he considers each of those like its own capture place or location, I guess. And for me, I prefer to have it all in Google Tasks. So for example, I would write down like grade math quiz, even though it's already physically been captured in that drawer, I also want to capture it on a single list to reference. I don't know if that makes sense, but 
He then said how you have to empty the contents, but that doesn't mean finishing it in that moment. It just means you're kind of taking it through these other steps. So speaking of which, step two is clarify. And he had this really nice flow chart. So if you actually have the book, I recommend looking at that workflow clarity chart. (laughs) I forget what it was titled, but he takes you through a question. Is it actionable? If the answer is yes, then you have a few different options. So if it is actionable, is it a project? And if that's the case, what is just the next action you can do? Another option is, is it something that can be done in less than two minutes? And if it is, just get it done then. Is it something you can delegate or is it something that you can defer, meaning you're going to do it at a later time? So those things that we write on our to-do list would fall in that category. Or if it is not actionable, is it something you need to trash? Is it something you're going to take future action on? He calls this incubating, which I kind of like that word. And it reminded me of what I mentioned this morning about the cards and how I was waiting on them to be delivered. To me, that becomes that like incubation task, if you will. Or is it something you need to keep, but just for reference? Then you're ready for the next step, which is organize. And he lists out all of these categories. I'm going to read them to you and then I'll share my thoughts. Trash, incubation, reference, list of projects, storage or files for project plans slash materials, calendar, list of reminders of next actions, reminders of things you're waiting on. To me, that just sounds like a lot. And while I understand what he means at the same time, it's like, but I don't like trash isn't its own category. Like I just kind of do it in the moment. Um, And honestly, like reading through his book with this section, it just made me realize like I kind of like the system that Bridget and I have developed in terms of having your future to-dos, your things to do this week and your power list. And then ultimately you have your calendar. I just feel like that's better, but um, that's just me. So I love Google Tasks and Google Calendar because they speak to each other. So I can put those reminders on there. The next step is to reflect. And he mentions how the first thing you need to do is check your calendar for any things going on that day, which Bridget and I have talked about that. Then you check your next actions list and Bridget and I talk about that also with the power list. But what I like about the power list is you've already decided in advance what you are doing that day rather than looking at your next actions list, which could be a really lengthy list and trying to decide in that moment. But he does mention the importance of having a weekly review of all of those lists. So when I mentioned all of those different sections, he recommends going through that on a weekly basis. Bridget and I's system is a little bit different because we talk about having your future to-do list and then each week you're going to pick out tasks that you're going to get done that week. And I just feel like it's a slightly better system. But uh, moving on to the final step, which is engage. This is all about making the right decisions, right? Like choosing to do the right things. And he goes through kind of three different models. The first one is the four criteria model for choosing actions in the moment. So you have time and you're like, what do I do at this time? So he mentions first context. So if you're not at home with your computer, like that limits the tasks that you can do, if that makes sense. Then you consider your time available. So if you only have 10 minutes, you have a limited number of tasks you can do in that time. Then you're going to consult your energy available. So we all know some tasks take up more mental (laughs) fatigue than others. 
And then finally, priority. So kind of after considering all of those other criterion, is that the right? No, criteria. I always forget. Is criteria the singular and criterion the plural or is it flip-flopped? I don't know. It's too late for me to figure that out. But once you go through all of those, figuring out what gives you the highest payout from what's left, that's like choosing the priority. The other model, the second model is the threefold model for identifying daily work. And he basically chunked it into three categories. You're either doing predefined work. So you've decided you're going to do these tasks today. You're doing work as it shows up. So, you know, those little things that come up throughout the day, which we all know happens, or you're defining your work. And that to me is a lot of like the planning process, like figuring out what you're going to do in the future. And the final model is the six level model for reviewing your own work. And he breaks it into like the ground level is your current actions, but then you have these horizons. So horizon one is current projects. Horizon two is areas of focus and accountabilities. And that's that whole like finding balance in your life. You have these different areas of focus. Horizon three would be your goals. So more like long-term horizon four would be your vision. So even further long-term and then horizon five is your purpose and principles. I did really like those different models because, you know, one is like choosing actions in the moment. One is more of like looking at your day and the other one is more like big scale. And so I did enjoy this chapter. I feel like the beginning of this book is going to be meatier. So I promise I will not ramble on this much each day, but tomorrow (laughs) I'm going to read first thing in the morning after Billy leaves. I promise I will check in with you before that, but I'm, I'm going to force myself to do it. Okay. But for now I'm going to go get snackies and then I'm going to go to bed. It is now Tuesday morning and I stand by what I said last night. The habit of reading after Billy goes to work is starting today. In fact, he just left. I brought my book upstairs with me because I realized when I read, I'm also taking notes in the notes app so that I can reflect on it later when I record this (laughs) and it's easier to be by a computer. So I already had to record this and I decided I'm just going to read right here at my desk when I finish. And in fact, I've already started chapter three. I've read about half of it while I was waiting for Billy to come downstairs and start drinking our coffee. But other than that, today on my to-do list, my power list, I need to send out two Christmas cards. I got all the rest mailed yesterday, but there's two that are going out to some people that I had do book endorsements for me. And so I wanted to do a personal like thank you to them in addition to the Christmas card. So I need to get those mailed out, but I'm waiting on a delivery from Amazon for those. So once again, that is incubating as we learned yesterday. That's what David Allen calls it. I also need to do some brainstorming for my book promotion. So my, someone from my publishing company reached out to me yesterday in order to schedule a meeting for Thursday to discuss my book launch and pre-sale, all of that good stuff. So I need to spend a little bit of time just brainstorming some ideas so that I come to the meeting prepared. And last night I decided to go ahead and set up and like format a Google doc for that so that I would have no excuses (laughs) because a lot of times I don't start tasks like that because I'm not sure where to start. And so having just a simple Google doc outline ready to go that I just have to like 
kind of fill in and as I brainstorm, write things down, that makes it a lot easier for me to get started. And ironically, what I was starting to read in chapter three today is all about project planning. And so my whole book launch is a project and they talked about the importance of brainstorming. I don't know why I said they, it's just one author, but you know what I mean. And then finally, I'm going to spend the rest of the time I have today starting to create slides for the professional development I'm doing in January, which will have already happened by the time you hear this. And I know I mentioned it on Sunday, but I've already kind of planned out the sessions, but I want to spend time today actually creating the slides. So For me, that's kind of the most stressful part because I overthink the design of it and everything. Once I actually have the design, things flow. So I want to get that design locked in and just start creating some of those like intro slides that will take place at the beginning of the PD. But I will check in with you this evening. I don't even think I want to say like what I'm planning on reading today in case it doesn't happen, but I'll I'll let you know tonight where I'm at. It is Tuesday night and I'm happy to report I got everything I wanted to get done. I'm actually still working on the slides, but I did get those quote unquote intro slides done. Billy has a late event tonight. He's not going to be home until about 10 p.m. And I figured I would just keep working until he gets home because I want to and otherwise I'm going to be bored. (laughs) But today for the book, I read chapters three and four. I know this morning I mentioned chapter three is all about project planning. So it's titled Getting Projects Creatively Underway, The Five Phases of Project Planning. He talks about how step one is defining your purpose and principles. It's basically common sense, but he reminds you not to lose sight of your why. And he defines purpose as like providing the juice and direction for the project, whereas principles define the parameters of action and the criteria of excellence. So kind of your expectations, if you will. Next, you have outcome visioning. That's like the blueprint of the final result. So what does that outcome look like? Then you have brainstorming. And I did like the section on brainstorming because as a perfectionist, I struggle with just brain dumping. That's what Bridget and I call it. All of the thoughts in my head because I want it to be neat and organized from the get-go. But he reminds you that it's just about capturing all the ideas and you can decide what to do with it later. He did give three kind of criteria, I guess, to use. He said, don't judge or criticize. Go for quantity, not quality, and put analysis and organization in the background, which, you know, I need to work on. (laughs) Because the next step is then organizing. And he mentioned how once you've, I keep wanting to say brain dump because that's what Bridget and I call it. Once you have brainstormed, you will notice a natural structure or relationship. And then finally, you have to define your next actions. So you have to decide on actions for each moving part in quotes and also decide on actions in the planning process because sometimes you have to like plan, do, plan, do, and so on. But I think my biggest takeaway from this chapter was that the amount of planning it takes is as much as it takes to get it off your mind. Wow, Michelle, that was horrible. Let's try that again. (laughs) Basically, if you're wondering, well, how much planning do I need to do for a project? You're going to do as much planning as it takes to not be thinking about the project anymore. And 
since I'm working on this PD, I have been thinking about it all the time. And it made me realize that's probably because I haven't planned it out as well. But as I'm going through and creating the slides, it's allowing me to get that deeper understanding of what the PD will look like. So that's a positive. Then I started part two, which is called Practicing Stress-Free Productivity. Chapter four is titled Getting Started, Setting Up the Time, Space, and Tools. He basically mentions how this whole part is going to be like step-by-step what you need to do to actually implement this model. And specifically, he mentions you're going to need like two full days. So ideally like a weekend, or I'm thinking about it from a teacher perspective, a break that you have. You're going to need to find a physical location to be your control center. It needs to have a workspace, an in-tray, which is like a place where you're going to capture all of the physical stuff and then space for digital tools. And he mentions that you need one both at home and your place of work. So for teachers, that would mean at home and at school, and you cannot share the space with anyone else. You have to get all of your tools ready, which he has this list and it kind of cracked me up because you know, he mentions like paper holding trays and post-it notes and paper clips and staplers and rubber bands. And and then he mentions devices and it's almost like an afterthought. In hindsight, I feel like so much of this book focuses on the physical. And I know at the time he wrote it, that was more applicable. And he mentioned at the beginning, this is the revised edition. He kind of went through and added parts about the digital I just feel like the technology aspect seems to be an afterthought, and I almost wish he would have just written a completely separate book dedicated to the digital, because I don't think he's gone as in-depth as I was hoping. But I did have a memory unlocked. Do you ever hear something or see something, and all of a sudden you're like, I totally forgot about that until just now? He mentioned Franklin Covey for like planners, And I suddenly remembered going into Franklin Covey stores with my mom growing up because my mom always had like a physical planning notebook and she would go get a new one every year. And that's probably where that side of my personality comes from. (laughs) But one thing I did like about this section is he mentioned how having something that's aesthetically pleasing. So for me, I think of like having a nice planner or a nice digital planner or a nice notebook can really help to motivate you. And so even though we don't wanna focus on the aesthetics, you can use that as a motivational piece. He then went on to talk about filing and I didn't find that section very engaging. Maybe it's because I've never struggled with keeping track of my files, either physically or digitally. But I guess if that is something that you've struggled with, you would find that section helpful. I will say, I implemented the two-minute rule, which I was already familiar with before reading this book. It's that concept of if it's going to take less than two minutes, just do it in the moment. I, of course, was reading while going to the bathroom. Y'all, I'm just being honest with you. We all do it, okay? And when I finished, I had just used the last bit of toilet paper. I looked in the cabinet and there was none left upstairs. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, I need to bring some up. 
And I almost just left it at that. And then I realized, no, Michelle, it will take you less than two minutes to walk downstairs, grab a couple rolls of toilet paper and bring them upstairs. So just do it now. That way you don't find yourself in an awkward position later when you don't have toilet paper and you don't have to add it to your to-do list because that's a waste of time. Like the amount of time it takes me to add it to my to-do list, it could already be done. So that's where we're at with things. I will check in with you tomorrow morning and we're going to keep it going. It is Wednesday morning, and I thought I would do things a little bit differently today for my check-in. Originally, I sat down and realized the only thing I had to share is that I'm working on slides today, and I do need to email my contact point for the PD. Through reading this book, I realized I need clarification on certain things, So I need to email my contact point to get that clarification, but that's it. So (laughs) I went ahead and read chapter five, which I'm going to reflect on now. And then my plan is to read chapters six and seven, which I will check in with you about this evening. So chapter five was called Capturing, Corralling Your Stuff. And it's all about that capture process. So collecting the things that need to change or be different than how they are. David said, this capture process usually takes between one and six hours. And initially when I was reading, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this today. And I I don't think that's going to happen because I just feel like I need to work on my slides. And maybe that defeats the purpose. I don't know. Maybe this weekend I'm going to do like a nice capturing session. We'll see. But he broke it into physical gathering, which obviously is like picking up physical items and adding them to your quote unquote inbox. And he said to collect everything but supplies, reference material, decoration, and equipment. But then of course there were exceptions. For example, with decoration, he talked about pictures and he said, well, if the pictures are out of date and you need to replace them, and I will say that triggered in my mind that there is a picture frame in our living room where the picture has slid and so it's no longer like correctly in the frame and I need to fix it and then like tape it so that it stays. And that has been ongoing every week when I clean, I see that picture and I have not done it. So that is what the capturing process is for, you know, collecting all of those things. (laughs) But he mentions if an item doesn't physically fit, you should write it on a piece of paper. And he also suggests dating it and add that to the inbox as well. And he mentions how it's all about just collecting, but not necessarily processing any of it, not making decisions about what to do or when to do it. (laughs) Unless it's trash. If it's trash, you can just throw it away. And he breaks it down by location. So like your desktop and then your desk drawers and then your cabinets and so on. Then you have your mental gathering, which is writing everything down that has your attention. And he suggests writing each thing on a separate piece of paper. And I'll be honest, I just don't think that's the most efficient. I understand where he's coming from. Like when you start clarifying and processing It's easiest to have the items all separate, but personally, I feel like I'd rather have one long list and then I can break that list up and like cross off things as I move them to different, you know, categories and lists, if that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe I just see it as a big waste of paper, but uh, I don't know. I don't prescribe to that. Um, He does include a list of what he calls incompletion triggers. So these are 
things for you to reference and go, oh yeah, like I need to do that. And he breaks it into professional and personal. It's things like, you know, projects that I've yet to start, projects I've started but haven't completed, communications to follow up on, so on and so forth. So it's just ideas to get your mind going. And then I just had to share this because I thought it was ridiculous. He recommends transferring voicemails onto paper notes. And to me, (laughs) I just feel like that shows that this book is kind of dated because A, people don't leave voicemails that much anymore. Like they'll just send you a text message instead. But also B, I'm sorry, I just don't get that. I find that to be a, a very bizarre suggestion. And then he says to leave emails. So you're going to transfer your voicemails onto paper, but then leave emails. Mm, I I don't know, David. I think I'm going to question you on that. (laughs) But I do understand the validity of just this capture process. So I like to use my weekdays to really tackle my, you know, to-do list, like getting things done. So I want to work on my slides today. But maybe on like Saturday, I think Billy might have a little bit of work. I might use that time to go around and start doing the capturing process. We shall see. But I'm going to let you go for now. And then I will check in with you this evening. It is Wednesday evening and I am happy to report in addition to chapter five, I also read chapters six and seven as I said I would. So patting myself on the back, especially because chapter seven was hefty. It was like 50 pages in and of itself. And I did the math. I am ahead of schedule in terms of page count. So go me. I'm going to try to condense this as best as I can. Chapter six was titled Clarifying, Getting In to empty, which again, doesn't mean doing everything. It just means deciding what the item is and what you're going to do with it. So this brought us back to that workflow diagram where you ask yourself, is it actionable? Yes or no. And then from there, that leads you to the decision of what you're going to do with it. But David Allen did present some guidelines for the processing process. (laughs) Number one, you must process the top item first. Number two, process one item at a time. And number three, never put anything back into in because the decision to not make a decision, like it's that whole decision fatigue. I did like that. That was a good reminder for me. I also really liked this little snippet kind of quote on the side. He says, like a mosquito in a nudist camp, you know what to do, but you don't know where to start. (laughs) I just thought that was hilarious but also very fitting. I think so many of us, we feel overwhelmed with all these to-dos and we're not sure where to start. So he did remind us to make sure the next action that you decide on is a physical action, something you can actually do. (laughs) Actually, action, okay. Anyway, and then he did suggest identifying the projects you have. And that kind of led into chapter seven, which was titled Organizing, Setting Up the Right Buckets. I will be honest, I didn't get a ton out of this chapter, but again, I think that's because organizing has always been a strong suit for me. It's never been something that I struggled with, but he defines organizing as having where something is match what it means to you. And he did emphasize that it's going to evolve over time 
which I think is important for all of us to remember. He highlighted those same categories, which I mentioned before, a project list, project support material, calendar, et cetera, et cetera. I'll be honest, I still don't love the categories, but I did end up creating some more categories for myself that I didn't previously have. So in terms of like your to-do lists, he called them action reminder categories. It's a to-do list. Okay. It's a to-do list. (laughs) And he listed calls, computer, errands, at office, at home. He basically had it organized by like groups and it's kind of like those tasks that you would batch, which Bridget and I talk about a lot. I'll be honest though, I don't need to categorize mine in that way because I can kind of do that mentally. Although I can see where if you're not able to do that, it might be helpful for you. And he does mention that you have to review all of them like all the time. And to me, that just seems like a waste of time. That's why I really like Bridget and I system where we have this kind of running to-do list. And then each week you pick out the task you're going to do that week. And then each day you pick out the task you're going to do that day, your power list. To me, that just seems a lot less overwhelming and it's less to like keep up to date on. But I did end up creating a waiting for list. So for example, when I email someone, which I mentioned this morning, I had to reach out to someone through email. I then add that to my waiting for list so I don't forget to like follow up or something like that. I did also create a project list. That way it's just this like index of all my open loops is what David calls them. Those things that aren't done yet. And I think that just helps make sure nothing falls through the cracks and that I don't like procrastinate on things. (laughs) I also made a someday slash maybe list. Now, ironically, I already kind of had one of these, but it was specific to restaurants that Billy and I want to try (laughs) here in Austin. And the way we had it organized was actually on the Maps app on our phone. I had a, a guide is what they call it on there, but I had like bookmarked all the different restaurants we wanted to eat at. And then when we would eat at it, I would then move it to my like places to return to list. Unless of course we didn't like it. And then I didn't add it to the list, but I created a someday list within Google tasks. So just these like little things that I've always wanted to do whenever I have time. (laughs) Do you want to know what I added to it? Learn how to solve a Rubik's cube because I've been listening to Stuff You Should Know podcast, an episode on the Rubik's Cube, and it was just perfect timing because that is something I've always wanted to learn how to do someday. And then the last part of the chapter was on checklists and how basically your need for a checklist depends on the degree of your familiarity. So when you're new to, for example, lesson planning, you might need a checklist to make sure you're not skipping any steps. But as time goes on, you may no longer need that checklist. And I thought that was a really good point because what someone needs a checklist for, someone else might not need that. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, I'm going to cut cut it off for today because I've been rambling, but tomorrow I plan on finishing part two. So we'll see when I check in, whether it's before I start reading or in the middle of it or somewhere else. I don't know, but I will catch up with you tomorrow morning.
It is Thursday morning and it is also a day of meetings. I already mentioned that I have a meeting with my publishing company and I also have a meeting with my contact point for the January PD. I know after each of those meetings, I'm going to have tasks to add to my to-do list, but I also want to make sure I spend time better planning out each of those projects once I gain the clarification from the meeting. That way those projects can keep moving forward and I don't feel overwhelmed or stressed by them. And I do plan on finishing part two of the book today, which is less pages than what I read yesterday, even though it's also three chapters which I'm going to dive into that right now. And then today I don't have to go to the gym, which means I will be home all stinking day. But that's a good thing because I will have plenty to do after those meetings. So I will check in with you this evening. It is Thursday night and I have a plot twist for you. I have finished the book, which obviously was not my intention, but I read chapters eight, nine, and 10 this morning, had my meetings, went for a walk, and I just kept staring at the book on my desk. And part three is the shortest part. I just wanted to get it done. That way, tomorrow and Saturday, I can just discuss with you how I'm implementing what I've read. So let's do a quick recap of the rest of the book. Chapter eight is titled Reflecting, Keeping It All Fresh and Functional. And for reflecting, he's really referring to just a few seconds to like glance at your calendar, glance at your list, make sure you're not forgetting anything. But one of the most powerful aspects of reflecting would be what he calls a weekly review. This is basically going through those workflow management steps. So capturing, clarifying, organizing, and then reviewing on a weekly basis. And one thing I really liked that he did suggest is reviewing previous calendar data in order to trigger thoughts. So if you look back on a meeting that you had on Tuesday, it might help you remember things that you have to get done. And ultimately this weekly review, it just has to become part of your routine. It has to become a habit. Chapter nine was titled Engaging, Making the Best Action Choices. And this went through those same models that I already previously described. The first one being the four criteria model for choosing action in the moment. So this is the one where it was like context, time available, energy available, and then priority. I just did that off the top of my head. I'm kind of proud of myself for that. (laughs) But one good suggestion he had was having like a list of things that you can do when your quote unquote brain is gone. So like when you have no mental energy or having a like less than five minutes list for those little tasks that you can do when you're pressed for time. And personally, I do this sometimes when I pick out my power list items for the day. So if I know it's a day when I'm not going to have a lot of mental energy or have a lot of time, I pick some of those items. So that's just another way that you could implement that model within the way that Bridget and I kind of structure our to-do lists. Then was the threefold model for evaluating daily work. And this is all about like tackling those things that pop up throughout the day but he emphasizes that you can be more flexible when you have a clear idea of what you're doing 
or more so what you're not doing if you choose to focus on that task that just popped up. So in other words, you have to be planned ahead. (laughs) But a strategy Bridget and I have used is leaving a powerless item open. That way, if something does pop up, you can fill it with that task. If not, you can always look at your weekly to-do list and choose something from there. And then was the six level model for reviewing your own work. And this is all about those horizons. And basically he says, manage them in a balanced fashion, which I'm like, okay, that's not very clear. But I did like this quote, if your boat is sinking, you really don't care in which direction it's pointed. And basically that means like, if you feel like you're drowning with all those little daily to-do list tasks, you don't have time to worry about where you're going to be in five years. So you have to deal with what's on your mind. And I know personally for me, I feel much better when I get all of those little things done. Chapter 10, which was the last chapter in part two, was titled Getting Projects Under Control, which obviously was about project planning. And David Allen highlighted the fact that we all need to do more planning more often. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. But I found it interesting that this chapter was super short. To me, it's like if you're saying this is an area a lot of people fall short, pun intended, you would want to spend a lot of time talking about it. I don't know. But he walks through those planning steps, which are brainstorming, organizing, setting up meetings, which I thought was interesting because that's more like business world applicable. I I know as teachers, we have a lot of meetings, but a lot of the projects that we're planning may not necessarily involve meetings. Anyway, the last step is gathering information. My biggest takeaway from this chapter was having a way to capture your ideas because so often we think of ideas when we're not in a context where we can actually do something with them. So one thing I've been doing a lot of is taking voice memos. So on my phone, now don't confuse this with a voice message. Like you're not sending it to someone, although you could, you can just go into the voice memo app on your phone and just record a little snippet of audio that you can listen to later. I do that on walks all the time. Moving on to part three, which is titled The Power of the Key Principles. This part is mostly about the application of the models or the, yeah, the productivity model, the getting things done method, if you will. Chapter 11 was called The Power of the Capturing Habit. And my biggest takeaway from this chapter was a lot of times when you're feeling overwhelmed, those negative feelings are really because you're breaking your own trust. So you feel overwhelmed and you feel like really negative about having all these things going on because ultimately you know you're gonna fall short and you're breaking your trust. So his solutions are to either say no, which Bridget and I preach that all the time, ultimately get it done or renegotiate it somehow. But when you have everything captured, even though it is kind of overwhelming, it also increases your trust and it helps other people trust you more because things aren't going to fall through the cracks. Chapter 12 was titled The Power of the Next Action Decision. And here was my biggest takeaway from this chapter. (laughs) He talked about procrastination and ultimately a lot of procrastination happens because you don't have a clear next action. There was this whole paragraph about taxes that just spoke to my soul about how you're like, but wait, am I doing the right things? And what if I get audited? And like, you have all these worries, 
but he mentions that you can deal with it when it shows up or when it blows up. And that's going to be something I'm going to continue to tell myself. It's that whole like do what's hard now so that it's easier later on. And I really, really liked that. Chapter 13 was the power of outcome focusing. And he discussed how everything you experience as incomplete, which every to-do list item is something that's incomplete, like you want to change the way that it is, you need a reference point as complete. So basically you need to define what does done mean or what does done look like. And he had this good quote that actually came from, I want to say the gentleman that I don't know if he started whole brain learning, but he at least is involved in it. Anyway, I don't have his name off the top of my head, but he said, you either know what you want and don't know how to get it, or you don't know what you want. And if you don't know what you want, you have to clarify that first in order to figure out how to get there. Chapter 14 was called GTD, which stands for getting things done, and cognitive science. It basically reviewed studies that have taken place since the book was first published, and those studies just kind of confirmed the validity of the model. I'll be honest, didn't love that chapter. Chapter 15 is the path of GTD mastery. And it was all about how this is going to be a practice you're going to continue to refine for the rest of your life. And ultimately, you will go through three stages. First, you have to kind of master those fundamentals. Then you can have it become more of a system that you use to manage your whole life. And then eventually that clears space for you to have more creative thinking. So I would say most of us are either in stage one, trying to move into stage two, or we're in stage two. I mean, I kind of would put myself, I guess, in stage two. And one of the kind of recommendations he gives for moving from those fundamentals to that whole life management system is really focusing on projects and then having your systems work together. And during those stressful times, rather than leaning away from the model and like you stop writing down the things you have to do because they don't seem as important in the moment, instead you need to look, lean into it more during those times. But that's it. That's the whole book. So I'm going to go to bed and then tomorrow we're going to chat more about like how I'm implementing this in my life. Obviously, tomorrow is the first day since I've read the entire book. So I've got some ideas, but stay tuned for tomorrow morning. Also, I know this episode is long. If you're still listening, bless your heart because I probably would not be, (laughs) but I will catch up with you in the morning. It is now Friday morning. I will be honest, I'm still kind of waking up for the day, but here is my plan. On Fridays, I always do a full house cleaning. I thought this could be a pretty good opportunity to do a capture while I'm cleaning around the house. Obviously, that's only going to capture things related to like my personal life and house, although I feel like seeing certain things or walking by certain things could trigger, you know, tasks within my business, but I will probably need to spend some time just sitting down and doing a capture for the business as well. But 
this is at least a start. And technically, I got a jump start last night because I came upstairs and I saw our Nest thermostat and it said really low battery, which it has said for a few days now. And I kept walking past it and telling myself I need to change the battery. So in that moment, I decided just to do it. I kind of thought it would only take two minutes. I was wrong because I ended up having to completely reset it. I had to reset the router. I had to reconnect everything. And it took more like 30 minutes, but it's done. (laughs) And I have a feeling today a lot of the tasks that I come across within the capture process will probably be those two minute rule tasks. And again, David Allen said you can extend or shorten that time. So I'm going to extend it to if it's going to take, you know, five to 10 minutes, I will go ahead and get it done in the moment. Otherwise, I will add it to my list. But I'm curious what things I'm going to come up with. I know I'm going to fix that picture frame in the living room. But other than that, I mean, I was sitting at the kitchen table this morning trying to kind of look around and nothing was coming to me. But we'll see. I always carry my phone with me anyway when I'm cleaning. So I'm just going to put everything right into my Google Tasks app as I think of it or come across it. But I will check in with you this evening and let you know how it went. It is Friday night. I'm in a fantastic mood because today was good. It was productive. I had a great workout. I'm feeling all the endorphins right now. (laughs) So this morning I mentioned how I wanted to do a capture session. Y'all know what I mean by that. While cleaning today, I'll be honest, I didn't find that much. So either I wasn't doing it right, which is completely possible, or I've been staying on top of things more than I thought, at least around the house, which maybe is good news. I will say I did a lot of those two minute rule tasks. So maybe that was really what it was. It was all just little piddly things. I fixed the picture in the living room. (laughs) I was so excited about that. I unpacked Amazon boxes. Please tell me I'm not the only one that does this. I order things and I will let them just pile up once they get delivered. And I don't open them, which is so silly because we love the luxury of quick Amazon deliveries and then we don't even actually utilize them because we don't open them. And by we, I really mean me. But I got those all unpacked. I also refilled the litter. So I have a like, what what's it called? Subscribe and save order through Amazon for cat litter. So it comes like I don't know, every other month or every three months, something like that. And it was delivered a few days ago. I delegated, which is one of the things David Allen talks about. It was downstairs, like right at the base of the stairs. And so this morning I asked Billy, I said, please, 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 before you go to work, can you just carry it upstairs? I can lift it. I mean, it's like 30 pounds. It's not super heavy. The issue is I've been having some pain with my bicep tendon and little things like that. If I'm kind of, if I move my arm a certain way and I'm carrying something heavy, we'll tweak it. And I didn't want that since I had a workout tonight. So Billy carried that upstairs and I got it refilled into, it comes in like a box, but then we have this plastic tub that we just refill. Anyway, one thing I really focused on with those couple of items that I did add to my to-do list, I made sure that I was adding an actual action and not just like a reminder. So for example, when I was in the pantry, there are a few labels that need to be updated. 
And rather than putting on my to-do list pantry labels, which I have totally done in the past, I specifically wrote print new pantry labels. But my mind also then went to, well, maybe I'm going to include that in a video because January I'm focusing on like health and fitness and maybe I could do like a pantry tour, not so much the organization, but like the foods that I keep on hand in my pantry. But then with that, I can also update labels. And so what I did is I went to my YouTube task of planning out January YouTube videos and added it as a note so that when that time comes, I can reference that idea. Another thing I did is I added my weekly review to my recurring tasks. So with Google tasks, you can set tasks. I'm so sorry. I've said that word a million times now. (laughs) You can set them to be recurring. So they will automatically show up on a specific list, either on a specific day or a specific time. And I added like weekly review to my Sunday power list. That way I can get into the habit of making sure I actually complete that because otherwise I probably won't. Like some weeks I do, some weeks I don't. Now, one thing I realized today that the book didn't really get into is just that motivation piece. And yes, you need to have discipline, blah, blah, blah. But let's be real. There are some tasks that we just don't want to do. And we have clarified the task. We've captured it. We know exactly what we need to do. We just don't want to do it. And the book didn't get into that so much. And thankfully, I have my own strategies for helping with that. It was just something that I noticed. One of the last things I did today is created a few temporary lists. And this was something David mentioned in the book. I forget specifically what section he mentioned it in, but I created a temporary list for things to do before trip because next week Billy and I are leaving on Thursday for just a quick like five day trip. Well, five days, I guess really isn't that quick, but a five day trip that we are taking post his election because he has been super stressed. And so this will be a chance for him to actually relax. And so I started a list of those little things where I'm like, oh, I need to do that before we go on the trip. I also created a separate to-do list for my book launch, which if you're listening, if you're still listening, bless your heart, but my book, First Class Teaching, 10 Lessons You Don't Learn in College is officially available for pre-sale. The main places are Amazon and also Barnes and Noble, but I have a list of things that I need to do to promote the pre-sale and then when the actual book launch, like the publication date comes up, but I didn't want those items on my regular to-do list because A, I feel like it would be a little overwhelming and then B, I'm still in the brainstorming process for that and I might end up changing them and I just thought it would be easiest to have them all together. So I spent probably about an hour brain dumping and capturing all of those to-do list tasks that will go along with the book launch. But as I mentioned at the beginning, I feel good. I got a lot done today. I feel like I'm just figuring out my systems again based on what I've learned from this book and I'm just tweaking little things. And so far, so good. I will check up, check up, check in with you (laughs) tomorrow in the a.m., for the final day of this week in the life. It is Saturday morning and today is a pretty laid back day. 
Even though it is the weekend, Billy does have to work, but the good news is he didn't have to work first thing this morning. So we were able to sleep in just a little bit for the first time in a long time. We sat at the kitchen table and drank our coffee and we planned out meals for next week because we typically go grocery shopping on Sundays, but tomorrow Billy has an event. So I will go grocery shopping during that time, but we still like to plan the meals together. Right now, Billy is showering. He's going to leave and go to the office. And my plan is just to work on my computer, mostly working on my slides for the January PD. But I'm going to work on the couch because I have cramps and a headache. Thank you, Mother Nature. And also there is a powerlifting meet going on that I really want to watch. There's a live stream on YouTube. So I'm just going to put that on the TV and relax on the couch while I get some computer work done. Once Billy comes home from work, we're going to go to the gym. And then our Saturday night routine is to either go out to dinner or bring something back home. It's the one night a week that we do get food out. So our plan tonight is to get kava, which is almost like Chipotle, but for Mediterranean food. There's another chain kind of similar called Meza, but kava is one of our favorites. We're going to bring that home. And we're going to watch a cheesy Christmas movie. That's kind of become our routine leading into the holidays. I'm not sure what we're going to watch yet, but I will let you know tonight. So today should be fairly relaxed. I'm still going to get things done, but I don't feel this overwhelming pressure because honestly, I've made pretty good progress this week with what I wanted to get accomplished. So I'm going to go put on some comfy pants. I woke up this morning freezing. I was wearing shorts and I'm like, it is not short weather today. (laughs) And I will catch up with you this evening and let you know how the day has been. I will spare you my singing of it's the final check-in to the tune of it's the final countdown. (laughs) But the theme of my day is very representative of my biggest takeaway from the book or kind of how I interpret it, I guess, I would say most people purchasing the book, getting things done, are expecting to find these strategies to do more. And while it may result in that, what David Allen really tries to stress in the book is that getting things done, it's not always about doing more. It's more so about feeling okay about what you're not doing. So in those moments when you're not working, knowing and having that validation that it's okay because you've planned ahead, you've gotten things done ahead of time, you're on the right track, you don't have to always be doing more. And that's my day in summary because I mentioned this morning I had bad cramps. They got worse throughout the day. So when I settled into the couch, of course, Ember ended up on my lap, which she was nice and warm. So it felt fantastic. (laughs) But I didn't get on my laptop for a solid, I don't know, two hours. I also was very invested in the powerlifting live stream. If you picture people watching football, yelling at the TV, clapping, cheering, that was me, but it's powerlifting. Like I was in my element. I was living my best life. I eventually got on my computer, did a couple of things, but ultimately didn't get as much done as I was maybe anticipating getting done today, but I'm okay with that. And I didn't even feel guilty because I look back at the week and I know I accomplished a lot. So Overall, I had a great day. I feel happy even though 
I didn't maybe check off as many boxes as I was hoping. But fast forward, post-gym, Billy and I did go to Kava, and that was a little bit of a hot mess. I felt bad for the workers. I think they had gotten a lot of online orders, and then the shift before them like didn't prep certain things. So they were hustling, but we had to wait in line for a very long time. So when we got home, rather than starting a movie with dinner, we opted just to watch some Netflix, which our latest obsession is the show Indian Matchmaking. Love it. Love it so much. (laughs) So we watched an episode of that with dinner and then we're about to get in bed and start a movie. We're going to watch Burn After Reading, which I believe is on HBO Max. Billy had heard of it and wanted to watch it. So that is the plan. Obviously, I'm going to finalize this episode. I'm curious what y'all thought because this was a very different type of episode for us or a different week in the life, but It was interesting. I don't know how many of these we'll do moving forward with the book reviews, but I'm happy we at least did it once because it's nice to kind of have that insight like as you're reading the book and being able to apply it in real time. So here's where I try to remember our outro off the top of my head. Uh, Please check out our website, teachyonthedouble.com. Once you're there, you can go to our store and purchase our digital planners. You also can go to our TSH tab and submit one to be featured in a future episode. Subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review. We do read them and it really helps our podcast get into the ears of so many other teachers. So as always, be timely, stay organized and be productive. See ya.